to step up your self-care game? Best Buds makes a great addition to your routine. Best Buds is a premier manufacturer of federally compliant cannabis products. The products include Bud, CBD, oils, gummies, lotions, edibles, vape, pre-rolls, you name it. I love these products. If you live in Charleston, they will even bring them to your door. I have ordered stuff at like noon and there they are, like two hours later. I love the gummies. My, my typical routine is this. I do an oil in the morning and I do a, a gummy at night. If I want a little more oomph, I'll go with one of the Delta 8 gummies. If I just kind of mellowing out, one of the CBDs. The topicals are great for pulled muscles, especially if you're starting back up with a workout routine. Those topicals are amazing. And there's a beard oil that, uh, that smells really great. I don't have a beard, but I've smelled it. It's a great product. And you can go to bestbudsbff.com and use promo code YOGI10, Y-O-G-I-10, and get 10% off your purchase. Let's mellow it out this year, y'all. Hey there, friends. Jay Stephen Willard here. Uh, I guess this would be the return of There Once Was a Yogi. I've taken a little bit of time off over, well, I guess the last several weeks. Many reasons. <laughs> One being absolute fatigue. Uh, and I don't know, I, I, you know, I think most of us have been in something over the last two and a half, six, 10, 20 years. But it's, I, for me personally, it's been very heavy the last uh, few months. I was talking to a, a friend of mine uh, just a couple of days ago and I said, you know, I'm just, I'm really living in my head and in my feelings a lot right now. And, you know, I think when we're in those spaces, it's important to find tools, uh, resources to either, to not maybe pull us out, but even just to help us maintain. And if you know me at all, which maybe five of you that listen actually do, I, I, am, a, I am a person that is always looking to, to, to grow, to change, to improve, to find the, the better or higher version of myself. And I've gone down many roads uh, to do this. And that's kind of the lead off of this episode uh, this week is that um, I'm gonna talk to some people that uh, have either helped me or that I'm interested in, in these fields of whether you wanna call it higher conscious or new thought or, or whatever. And the first one is a returning champion, Duff, also known as Karen Duffy. Uh, if you recall from our first chat, uh, we just immediately got on like a, like a house on fire and I, she's just already become one of my favorite people. Uh, Duff has re recently written a book called uh, Wise Up, which is written in letter form to her, to her son. And in this, she, uh, she uses a lot of stoic wisdom, a lot of philosophy, and sort of this guidance of him becoming a, a, an adult, a grown person. And I've always, I kind of dabbled in philosophy back in college very, very dabbled. And I've recently started reading more of this and Stoicism has, has become very attractive and very important to me. So we're gonna have a whole conversation on Stoicism and it's entertaining and it's informative as she gives some great book suggestions. I highly recommend her book, which we will be giving away. I'll have details in the post on all the social medias of how you can uh, possibly win a copy of her book. And then I've got a lot of people coming up over the next uh, next few weeks, uh, talking to a couple of reverends, <laughs> going to talk to a, a Buddhist teacher, some other things. I think, you know, we're going to call this the, the Seeker series. And if I had the rights to the Dolly Parton song, The Seeker, I would totally play it after this. But I don't. So Spotify or Apple Music, that. Dolly Parton, The Seeker. In the meantime, enjoy my conversation with Duff and I will chat with you next time. Well, welcoming back. I'm going to call you the ultimate returning champion. <laughs> <laughs> because our, our first chat, I've gotten more feedback on. And when I have said that there's a, a second one planned, people have been just absolutely giddy with excitement. Without further ado, author and 
just all around bon vivant, Karen Duffy. <laughs> Thank you. What an honor to be back. I gotta say, you know, brother, when we met, we just clicked. I, felt I like know. A friend, you know, that's it's, so lovely. That doesn't happen on every day. And it does not when it does, I like to keep them tight. But I also think too, Dove, and, and feel free to correct me if, I, if I'm wrong, at this age that we're in, this that doesn't happen all the time. You know what's interesting is um, I'm doing research for a new book and there's something called the Dunbar number. And the Dunbar number um, is how many people you know and can set successfully manage in a life. And this is from mm. 100 years ago. It still is true. So the Dunbar number for every person is 150 people. We know 150 people. Oh, interesting. We have five really good friends. And those are our, I would say, our inner circle. And then, and then like, like those are the people that you'd call to get you out of jail. If you mm -hmm. had to hide a body, like those were, those, <laughs> yes. those and then and it extends outward, but they've realized even with social media and this idea of us being so isolated um, and the loneliness that um, um, we've experienced through COVID, that the COVID, that the Dunbar number really kind of stays at that interesting mm. number. And at age 23, we have the most friends in our lives. And mm. that is, and that makes sense because uh, most of our drives are for seeking intimacy. So we're gonna be open to more people. And mm -hmm. as we as we escalate through the decades, we seem to weed our social garden. And that's an interesting yeah. process because we should absolutely, you know, tend to our friends. One of my favorite quotes is from Ralph Waldo Emerson. He said, you know, one of the greatest gifts of life is old friends because we can be afford to be stupid with them. Yes, oh my gosh. And my best friend and I, we've been relatively newer, I mean, 14 years, you know, in mm -hmm. comparison, but uh, which is still a long time. But yeah, we, when we get together, we're just goofy. And, you know, I think sometimes it, it influences partners because they're like, you guys have this shorthand. And it's like, yeah, that's been 14 years in the making. But, you know, but I think it's, that's it's 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 interesting because your best friend, like it is completely voluntary. The friendships that we have, yes. there are no domestic partnerships, there's no <laughs> blood bonds, blood bonds or anything. It is completely voluntary. Mm -hmm. We are showing up with love because we love and and there is really no strings attached. And um, I, my best friend lives right upstairs in the apartment Aww. where we live. So we grew up together, we're roommates in college and then bought apartments in the same building. And uh, what's so interesting is the ancient Greeks thought the idea of romantic or erotic love to be something that was somewhat frightening. It was mm -hmm. a little passion, passionate love was a loss of control and they were wary about that. But the ancient Greeks believed that the highest love was philos, which is mm -hmm. the Philadelphia brotherly love. It was the love that you, um, have and uh they had ludic love which is the jokey flirty type of love so the ancient greeks they would look at our idea of having a soulmate to be absolutely primitive and mm -hmm. then they understand that there are many types of love and i didn't marry for until late in life and it was because i, I had so much love in my life right and, the love you have with Frank Sinatra, the love I have with my Frank Sinatra, your cat. Yes. <laughs> and, and the real Frank Sinatra. And the, yes, and the singer. <laughs> love and love is love. And whether uh, you find it um, 
online or uh, in, in, um, in a community with a pet. I mean, mm -hmm. we are all like must be honored because love is our greatest gift. And it's just incredible and how lucky we are to have friends and have community. Well, and there's a letter in your book, Wise Up, that mm -hmm. refers, because it is funny that we have one word to describe our feeling about our, our partners, our friends, and Cherry Garcia. <laughs> like, you know, like, and I, I think that that's part of why people have this notion of love that it has, of, of what it's supposed to be, because we we use the same word for all those things. Whereas what you just said, if we thought about it that way, I don't think we, you know, because there are a lot of people that just get caught up in this soulmate, soulmate, soulmate thing. But I think the truth of it is, like you said, you might have five soulmates. Oh, <laughs> all at the same many. time. And yeah. In, in the idea of uh, our language where we, have 26 measly characters mm -hmm. and we use the word love to describe an enormous range of feelings we mm -hmm. throw it on around like parmesan on spaghetti like sprinkled right. on a mr softy cone and um and and that's why i'm trying to be more awake to how I speak and yeah. um, and how I describe things because I do believe that sloppy thinking can lead to sloppy speaking and vice versa. But I, um, I'm so grateful that uh, I'm back here with you talking about love, talking about friends, talking about life and connection. I, well, and so to tell the folks of how this, round two came about is um, I have a Tuesday night yoga class that I teach. Uh, and if you're not taking it even online, how very dare you? Mm -hmm. But I started um, on election night, 2020. We decided to offer all classes that day for free because we felt people probably needed a little relief. And so I was teaching that night and I had, I think it, we, we had limited in person at that time, but I had like 48 people online, which was pretty huge. Impressive. And, uh, and I was like, okay, I got to do more than, than just what I normally do. And I had a book of uh, Mary Oliver poems in my back. Oh. It's like, oh, I'm going to read, I'll, I'll read poetry tonight. And so I would read poetry, like a poem in each pose. And uh, at the end, like people were like, oh, we really like that. So that was the thing for a while of reading poetry. And then um, when I first started reading your book. I hadn't even finished it. Again, Wise Up, available wherever books are sold, but support an independent bookseller. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I started reading from it. I, so I would read sometimes a full letter to Jack uh, in a class, sometimes half a letter. And, and people just would like every, every class, what is that book? What is that book? Taking pictures of the cover, ordering it on Amazon, like right there. But again, support an independent bookseller. <laughs> um, so I finally was like, okay, and I consider myself very new to stoicism, like I'm very new to it. And uh, as I told you last time, like I've tried on a lot of spiritual garb and this seems to be the first suit that has been tailored. Like this is not an off the rack <laughs> suit. Well, like, that, oh, I'm so grateful that um, stoicism is connecting um, with you and your class. It is such an honor. Um, the the gift of stoicism is that while it was written 2000 years ago it reads as if the ink is still wet mm -hmm. and the thesis of wise up is from epictetus and again when you talk about stoic philosophy i think people kind of imagine you know the two of us in black turtlenecks smoking galois <laughs> wearing berets and 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 the and it is the beauty is the simplicity. Um, there is uh, a quote from Epictetus who just said, if you make beautiful choices, you will make a beautiful life. And that to me just truly 
it, it, it just rang my bell. It reverberated through me like a firecracker. I was like, yes, this is so simple. And in, in with such love, what was interesting, the name Epictetus means acquired because he was born enslaved. Um, and in the golden age of Athens, about 80% of the population was enslaved. And it's interesting that when you started on election night of 2020, um, in Greek, the word idiotas, which means idiot, it, an idiot was a person who had the right to vote, but did not vote. Ooh. And so that is the classical Greek definition of an idiot is someone who does not vote, does not participate in um, civil society. Um, but I'm so grateful. I felt the same way in reading Stoic philosophy. And um, I'm gonna send you a book that I love that I think will be great for your Tuesday nights. It's oh, I love by that. Sharon <laughs> LaBelle and it is called The Art of Living. And uh, she has translated Epictetus's discourses. So Epictetus, Epictetus um, taught in ancient um, Athens. And um, the word stoic does not mean a stiff upper lip. It right, which I think is what people think. Yes, people think, oh, stoic means that you're going to essentially deminimize your feelings. But in not a great guest at a dinner party. Yes, but truly, but what stoic means is a porch. It means mm -hmm. a, sto a stoa is a porch. The stoa pukile was the painted porch in Athens where Plato has had his academy. Aristotle had had his peripatetic school of philosophy. He believed that the highest thoughts came when we were peripatetic in Parapatu walking. So mm -hmm. he had his walking school. So they were somewhat elevated and for the masses, but Epictetus, Marcus Aurelius, Zeno, they all wanted the world to understand that there is a way of thinking that will give you um, a gateway to purpose. Mm. And, they believed that flourishing was more, that was the idea of flourishing was having purpose um, was more important and more attainable than happiness. Happiness oh. is fleeting, but flourishing can be a, a state that you live in where you have goals and ideas. Well, and I also think that happy is very much like the word love. Yes. And that... <laughs> Like and it, it's funny, the word happy comes from the Nordic, hap, mm. um, meaning essentially good fortune, luck. Mm. So luck and happiness, again, are more random and uh, not sustainable, but purposeful, having a purpose, having mm -hmm. meaning was far more uh, the goal of the ancient Stoics. And, and purpose is so much more sustainable. It is because I, I love um, the definition of having a purpose is having something to love, something to do, and something to look forward to. Mm. Um, it's amazing. Uh, next week, I'm flying to Athens to um, speak at a conference. And I am a part of this, the greatest human library of modern stoicism. And what's been so nutty, bro, is um, I am self-taught. I have a degree as a, as a recreational therapist, not as a philosopher. Um, but that's what I love about stoicism. That is, it is so welcoming and that, mm -hmm. you know, the head of the philosophy department at Oxford, uh, at Exeter, um, some of the greatest writers in, in modern stoicism, we're all speaking on a weekend mm -hmm. and it's 
and I was teasing them. I'm like, you know, I'm speaking with, you know, an Olympic gold medalist, uh, <laughs> these, the, these virtuous minds who've devoted their lives to stoicism, Pat Cash who won Wimbledon. And I'm like, and me from Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> well, I love in the book, uh, one of the letters where you, uh, very tongue in cheek, where you're like, after all, I was a mid 90s MTV VJ, um, mid, what was it, mid price jeans oh, yeah. spokesperson. <laughs> yes. Yes, a yeah, perfume, dime store, right. uh, perfume salesman. Right. Um, but that's that a demonstration of how, like you just said, how welcoming stoicism is, because I think what I've picked up from it thus far is that it's just so much more practical than other uh, methods and belief systems I've explored. Um, I think that's the thing that I know that I'm attracted to is that practicality, but I also think that we're in this very interesting place uh, in society right now where you know, a lot of systems and facades are crumbling. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people, and I will say that since I last talked to you, I have, I have been trying to make an effort to curse less, but I'm going to curse right mm -hmm. now. And, um, but I think that people are seeing past sort of these veneers of bullshit and looking for something that is more like not woo-woo-y out there, unattainable, but make beautiful choices and you will have a beautiful life. That's so practical. Like, and, and then in that moment, you're like, is this a beautiful choice? Or like every day when you wake up, I'm waking up to do the job of a human versus oh I have to you know and that's the thing that I've loved about it and I think that you are a, a great um uh bringer of this because because you are like your personality is just so like I just want to have coffee with you and tea with you like every day like tea in a scone well, thank you it's <laughs> it, there's a um I love the line from Mark, Marcus Aureus when he says, what a privilege it is, you know, right. to breathe, to love, mm -hmm. to enjoy, to live. And it is uh, a, a privilege. And it's, it's funny, one of the, um, my friend Donald Robertson, who's written countless books in Stoicism, mm -hmm. he's like, Duff, how do you find all the funny bits in Stoicism? And I was like, because that's do. what I'm looking for. And it's my interpretation. And mm -hmm. um, uh, so it's been such a gift that through my small way, I can try and enlighten people to a a way of thinking that has helped me navigate life with chronic pain, life with the chronic illness. We all have obstacles. And as Marcus Aurelius says, the obstacle is the way. None of us have a perfect life. Mm -hmm. um, we will all have obstacles and grief, but often what impedes us, what holds us back will often inspire us. The fact mm. that I don't have a philosophy degree is possibly one of the reasons that I have become an autodidact where I have taught myself because the passion is fueling me not to please a professor. Right. And that is really, um, it, is a, it is a great joy to share this. And you brought up something interesting, Stephen, where um, the... Uh, a generation ago, almost 70% uh, of the population had some sort of spiritual practice where they gathered in a synagogue, in a temple, in a church. Um, and that has now diminished to about 35%. Mm -hmm. And so that was a big part of our... You know, or either your weekend, either your, your Saturday or Sunday. Right, and right. what do you do with all this time? And we can almost get a little bit lost. And so the gift of stoicism, it has me awake to my life. And it has taught me very simply to pay attention to what I'm paying attention to. Mm. What am I spending my time on? And again, is this 
like th- does this align with my goals and mm-hmm. um, and you know you know obstacles um are often and th- rather than an impediment they can inspire us to mm-hmm. it proves to us how much we want to do it like if it's a rainy day and oh i need to go to yoga i've got to roll out my mat but um you know when you overcome all those excuses and you get there it always kind of comes together on that right. on that real estate it's interesting I, I, the when when you're on the mat it's probably what about seven feet long by three feet wide and you yeah, think like, give or take give or take like it would be interesting like the value of that real estate that you occupy mm-hmm. with your body mm-hmm. and with your mind it's probably the best investment that you'll have all week so mm. there's a beauty um with stoic thinking is that it's not self-critical it is not about attaining perfection there is no such thing as a perfection it's just about paying attention and making small corrections in order to do the work of being a human being mm. when you said the self-critical thing that just uh, made me think about it. i had a conversation uh this past weekend with um a couple of people who uh want uh, me to lead um yoga retreats and I was like, well, that's the first thing retreat. I have a, I don't know, I have a relationship with that word that just, I don't know. I was like, I like, let's come up with a different word. I said, because mm-hmm. I know that every retreat that I've gone to that has had some sort of quote self help uh, component, I've always left feeling worse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, I don't, I don't live up to that. And like, uh, and that's going back to what I was saying about stripping away down to this practical stuff, you know, books on like manifestation and the secret and, you know, all these books that just make it like change your thoughts, change your life. <laughs> if it were that easy, we would all be happy. That's, but, that's very true. Really interesting. But, yes. But when I read this stuff, like you just said, like it makes me like aware of what am I aware of? So if I am in like a like a particular moment of self-criticism, like, oh, what is that coming from? And like you and I were talking before, uh, before we started uh, recording, like I've noticed that, okay, yeah, this is going on, but it could be this and it's not. So this is actually okay. And um, again, I feel like it's like stoicism doesn't have extraordinary demands. Um, Again, right. it's not about um, aiming for perfection. It, it's, it's really about doing the work of being a good human. Marcus Aurelius says, how long will you wait till you demand oh. the best of yourself? Oh, I and, love that. I love that line so much. And, you know, your best can just be choosing uh the best you know the most health the healthiest thing on the menu that day right like small and um so i think that there's a beauty in amplifying these um uh the voices of stoicism marcus aurelius seneca um and uh epictetus Mm -hmm. seneca said Every new beginning comes at some other beginning's end. And I always think of September as really, because when we were talking about the Sunday jumpy feeling, Sunday monkey squirts, because (laughs) as kids, we have strong memories of Sunday getting back to school or September returning and in winter, we hibernate. Right. And in summer, there's a torpor, and that's called esivate. So to hibernate in the summer is to esivate. And I feel mm. like we somehow come out in September, we become more awake. And this is a wonderful time for new beginnings. Mm-hmm. I interviewed a life coach, and she said, we are most productive between September and December. 
than any other time of the year. I 100% believe that. And so we have a couple of weeks in January. Well, it's interesting. There was some kind of quack pseudoscience that that picked randomly that the third Monday in January was called Blue Monday. Yes. It was supposed to be the saddest day of the year. Right. I think if you name it something uh it will come yeah it'll come uh if if you think that but i really think that um like these um september where there's a new season there's a new beginning i live right on the campus of nyu and students students, and i think this is a great time to um be awake and maybe uh instead of waiting for January resolutions, which really never stick. I think right. 93% of us give it up after 14 days. But exactly. September resolutions, this is something that you and I just made up. So we mm-hmm. have September resolutions. And and the great thing is um, nobody's holding you to them. And exactly. the importance is maybe to find, um, to challenge yourself with reading a, um, bit of philosophy and that could be as simple as just looking up Marcus Aurelius or Epictetus online and see let's try this on does this Mm -hmm. fit I mean I love how Seneca said luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity yes so when you're talking about when you mentioned like the secret and these manifestations again it seems a little bit kind of magic but mm-hmm. if you make Epictetus said, our soul is dyed the color of our thoughts. Mm-hmm. And if we're thinking, I'm really going to try and be a, a thoughtful, polite, respectful person. And if that is in your in the background of your life, you're going to make small actions um where you will be awake to seeing opportunities where you can help somebody carry their groceries mm-hmm. or uh hold the elevator just small just filling your life with small little actions and then you string them together for the win mm-hmm. I, well, uh, what i was telling uh, my friend natasha today that i was uh talking to you uh because she had also become a fan she's like the idea of her thank you letters, I just love that so much. <laughs> and I was like, I know. I was like, I really, I keep saying I'm going to start doing that. And again, it doesn't have to be every day. I keep a stack of um, uh, um, postcards that I order from American Stationery, and they're great. And you can get them, you can get like a hundred for. 100 for ten dollars and then oh, wow. i'll put a quote on it like, mm. um a motto that i'm thinking of or during this last administration it was like this comes from the desk of a nasty woman there you can put something <laughs> cheeky and i do believe that sending messages through the u.s post is a small way to get a gift. It's unexpected. Mm -hmm. It's usually caught in with the bills that we're getting. And um, it's a, it's, it's, it's a really lovely day. It's a, it's a moment for me to find somebody who I'm going to thank. And hopefully it will, when it, when it gets there, it will mean something when they read it. And you don't sign your name to it, right? You don't I sign it, my name, but you no, do sign name. no return. Um, no return. return, because I don't want it to be about reciprocity. Right. And that's, right. Why. And that's yeah. why I don't do it on email, because mm-hmm. I would be then making a demand on them. There always seems to be a demand to respond. Right. And I just thought, well, no. And, uh, uh, and sometimes just, you know, I read a quote from Dr. Jonas Salk, and he said his goal in life is to be a good ancestor. So I wrote a note to the person who shared that with me and said, ever since you've told me that 
Jonas Salk's goal was to be a good ancestor. I really think about that. And when mm. I think that about that, I think of you. Oh. And, and that's it. And, and, and a lot of times people, we lose the muscles to write and we think, yeah. and sometimes starting off with a quote is really helpful. I love that. Mm -hmm. uh, there were two things, two particular areas I did want to talk to you about. Mm -hmm. What is stoicism compatible with other um, belief systems? Absolutely. I am a Buddhist hospice chaplain. I am a practicing Catholic um, for free choice. Um, yes. And, um, uh, and I find that stoicism as a, as a philosophy, it's very interesting. Um, the new Testament is very connected, um, to, uh, stoicism mm -hmm. uh, after emperor in in rome when where the greco-roman empire where many of our philosophers came from when emperor constantine converted to christianity he exiled all the philosophers but all of their information and scrolls um remained it's interesting the serenity prayer mm -hmm. which is maybe the most verbalized prayer in the mm -hmm. world is absolutely a reflection of epictetus yes. it was written by rheingold nebauer and in the 20s and the whole idea of god give me the chance um to change the things i can yeah uh, the courage yeah. yeah the courage change again and the wisdom to know the difference that is a direct line from uh the stoics so um and i also a funny thing is that you know the reason why we use i uh, haven't wise up but the reason why we have uh margins in books and paper when we write letters right digitally when we write a text the reason we have margins it has nothing to do with ease of re reading, doodling, or legibility. The reason we use margins is because rats would nibble um, the outside of scrolls and books. Mm -hmm. So you would give the, like, the edges of the paper, you would Good build rat. that in as rat food. So every yeah. time we send a, a, a text or post on Instagram, we have... Mm -hmm. these margins with the digital rat food <laughs> which is so funny um uh and um i i i i get such joy kind of thinking about the entomology of words and that has really come from my love of of stoicism is i feel like every day we have an opportunity to be less daft and mm. we have the choice to be useful or useless Yes. And I live with multiple chronic illnesses and not every day am I able to be up and peppy. And so I still, I don't want to be mean to myself. I want to treat mm. myself the way you would care yeah. for somebody you loved or a pet. And a lot of times we treat ourselves last and, and worse. Yes. And well, it's like the RuPaul. I, if you can't live yourself how the hell are you going to let somebody else? True, so it, it funny. Sounds, yeah, but it's so true. <laughs> I imagine if my dog, Alfredo, if he heard me berating myself, and it, say if we switched positions, yeah. he'd be like, um, you better knock that off because like, I could call the ASPCA on the fact that you are being abusive to yourself. And, <laughs> oh. um, so it's funny, that's what I love about philosophy is that it has me look at things through a different lens yes, and yes. I find it so entertaining and it's not dry it's vivid and it, it's almost a call to action yeah it's it, right there are times there are some that are just funny like Epictetus mm -hmm. has like some good zingers I know um other thing I wanted to ask you about is do do you have uh do you have like a daily practice or daily ritual like a and what is that what does that look like so 
since the beginning of the pandemic, I have been doing a novena for, uh, it'll nearly be, a, well, we're up, coming up on our third year. So, um, so I didn't do a novena. And then every day at noon and six, I do um, what's called the Angeles, which is, I listen to a radio station when I'm writing. It's called WJMJ. And it stands for W Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. And they play the best old school Frank Sinatra, Tom Jones, Herb. I'll Elf. be screening that later. It's sort of <laughs> and then twice a day, they there's no advertising at, at, at 12 and at 6. They stop and say, let's all just say a prayer for world peace. And oh, so, so beautiful. In, um, so right now we're praying for Ukraine and it's a, it, 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 it's fun. Um, and so I would say uh, those are lively. I'm very interested in Ignatian meditation, mm. in which is um, St. Ignatius uh, had this way of meditating where you meditated on your feet and where you mm. are. So um, it's, a little bit harder to do that in New York where it's so busy. Right, right. Um, but um, I do read um, from, uh, I, I read a bit of um, Stoic philosophy every day, whether that's going on one of the newsletters that I read. Um, mm -hmm. you know, there's daily Stoic, there's modern Stoics. Um, so th there's always, even if I don't just sit down and crack open a book, which is kind of, I think, harder for a lot of people in our busy lives, yeah. um, there there are ways to kind of just, I think, baby step it. And mm. um, my introduction to Stoicism was Marcus Aurelius' Meditations. And my first book, Model Patient, I re reading it back, I'm like, gosh, I've got so much stoicism in this book. And then <laughs> read it recently. And yeah. then um in in Backbone and then in Wise Up, they are really um I, I can see the love uh that I have for stoicism and how my wish is that uh people will give it a try because mm -hmm. um you know, it, it, it is, it's so accessible and it just has a tricky name. Um, <laughs> and philosophy just means love of wisdom. And I also like love, I have a love of, you know, knuckleheads. I have an, I have a love of jackassery. So, uh, <laughs> so it's not presumptuous. But I would absolutely say um, a, a wonderful gateway book um, is uh, The Art of Living, and it's a translation by Sharon LaBelle. And there's great um, websites. Uh, I have one called Wise Up Stoic, um, and where um, we interview uh people who are interested in stoicism i know i think we've already reached out to interview you yes um, you just say when <laughs> it's uh um i just realize that i i just turned 60 and that's a time in life where uh where women can always feel invisible mm -hmm. um and I have never been busier. Um, Truly, that I have that I and 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 more steady. Mm -hmm. um, I've always been grateful, but um, I I have realized that um, I have a new movie um, that I uh, associate produced called "The Greatest Beer Run Ever," and that is coming out uh, theatrically a global um release on september 30th it will also stream on apple and it stars zach efron russell crowe 
and an ingenue from Charleston named Bill Murray. And <laughs> the story of the I hear great good things about him. I hear he has a great potential in future. And he is a brilliant philosopher. Actually, he studied um, philosophy at the Sorbonne right after he oh, wow. after he completed Ghostbusters. He didn't want to lose his way. So he moved to Paris and studied philosophy at the Sorbonne. Um, but this is an amazing story. My sons, because I have a disability, I would hire male nannies to kind of rough them up. Anyway, so play catch, ice skate with them. So my son's babysitter was a film student at NYU and a lovely gentleman. Um, he's now a grown up and his name is Andrew Moscato. Andrew and I were at a, I brought him to a party and he, as an aspiring filmmaker and I introduced him to a friend of mine who's a journalist and Andrew asked my friend Joanna Malloy a fantastic question and that is what is the best story that you never reported on Ooh. as a journalist and she told us the story of the greatest beer run ever how in 1967 Chicky Donahue from um, uh, the Inwood section of Manhattan. Inwood is the zip code that had more residents per capita be drafted into the Vietnam um, War than any other wow. zip code in America. Wow. Because it was um, immigrants from the Dominican Republic, Ireland, um, mm. and uh, our protectorate, Puerto Rico. So Chicky uh was a merchant marine he had served in in the uh military and he was at a bar one night and there were many protests um and so much confusion of who can we believe during the vietnam war right. and so much violence that chicky said i'm gonna go to vietnam and i'm gonna bring our boys some paps blue ribbon and just to send them a little postcard from home. And he got on a munition ship, got to Vietnam and actually found four out of his five best friends. And wow. it's an amazing story of how far you go for a friend. Mm -hmm. um, and Zach Efron, who I was not really familiar with, he's like the best version of Burt Reynolds. I mean, he- That totally makes sense. He's and incredible. So, yeah. He's incredible. So um, over the summer, we were having some screenings in, uh, in Martha's Vineyard. Um, and we, Senator John Kerry, who's now that of our um, uh, climate change, uh, mm -hmm. Senator John Kerry, hosted the screening for us and Norman Lear who uh, created All in the Family. Mm -hmm. 100 uh, years old. 100 years old and he said I'm grateful that I lived 100 years to see this film. So that's, it's opening. It's amazing. Steve, it opens that must give you chills. It was incredible and um, I was like and, and, and immediately we were just blown away. And then Andrew's like, gosh, that would be a great, it's a nice quote. So um, <laughs> the film is gonna premiere at the Toronto Film Festival uh, mid-September. It's already sold out and scalpers are charging an ungodly fee. Um, but I, what, what I love is working with my production partner, yeah. Andrew, we, we made a vow that we were only going to tell good stories, stories mm. that would be uplifting. Like, I love that. That was going to be our, our point of view. And then as producers, we decided that we needed to have a beliefs that would keep us calm. Mm when everything was going crazy. And it was very difficult to make a film during the pandemic. And so I was like, we need to figure out several mottos 
And that's what I've learned from stoicism. Stoicism has often taught me what to think when I don't know what to think. Mm. And, um, and so we just made the motto that our job is to cope. And we were just going to cope with whatever happened. And we were going to, as a team, present a united front of we were going to just listen and be calm. And that has been incredible. And, wow. and finding it, it's been, you know, we don't make a big deal in our house about choosing mottos. Um, it's kind of like we pick one. And then we live with it for a while. One of us will choose one. And I love one of my favorites is life gives to the giver and takes from the taker. Such a simple way to view it. And then again, that is inspired by our beloved Stoics. Yes. I, uh, we're going to play a fun little, I didn't tell you about this, before, but I have a fun little speed round game we're going to play in, in just a moment. But uh, first I have to know, is Zach Aslan as, as dreamy as I imagine? on it is like it's it's like he's swallowed a space heater because he radiates this warmth now he's a he is like he's not extroverted but he has this incandescence mm. about him Oh, it was wow. very beautiful. So he's playing the, the role of Chicky Donahue and Chicky um, is still with us. And I was there <laughs> when they met and Chicky's very extroverted. Yeah, he, I would imagine. 85 year old man. And he sees Zach this movie and he goes, hey, you're me. And then <laughs> Zach goes, I'm you. And it was just like, it was just such a beautiful moment. Um, he is astounding. And Russell Crowe is, he's tough and he's real. And, and this is in the role. Mm -hmm. um, and he, there's a reason why he is a movie star. But mm. Zach will blow you away. Oh, I can't wait. I cannot wait to see it. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm going to backtrack just a little bit to the, the daily practice thing because I've gone, like I said, I've gone through so many paths. I've, I've chanted, I've, you know, worn the robes, blah, blah, blah. And it's crazy like how like things can often come full circle. So like I'm wearing, I have my memento mori pendant, Aww. but I also have my St. Christopher. Beautiful. That's <laughs> and, beautiful. And every morning, this I did an interview with uh, Cindy Lee, who's a yoga teacher. I used to have Om Yoga at uh, Union Square, and uh, I, I know it very well. Yeah, she's amazing. I live right around the corner. I know her. Yeah, right mm -hmm. the Strand, like right above yeah the Strand. And so uh, I said something about it. I had started studying Stoicism, and she goes, "You know, there are just so many layers to you that people just never see." <laughs> so I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to re reveal some more layers. So every morning I pray the rosary, beautiful scripture, and I read. Usually, I'll, if I I definitely read this every day, the Daily Stoic. But then if I have time, I read some other stuff. And I I read this was the one for today that I thought. I don't know. I, I thought it just fit perfectly with us uh, talking today. It's Seneca. But there is no reason to live and no limit to our miseries if we let our fears predominate. Amazing. Like, that's just so practical. Like, hey, that, you know what's crazy? I say the rosary every morning and <laughs> I read Daily Stoic. Um, mm -hmm. That's always on my kitchen table when I have coffee. I've got the New York Times and the Daily Stoic. And I find reading this stoic first helps the news and the coffee go down. Yes. A little bit easier. I very, yeah. I, uh, I did an, uh, an interview with Ryan holiday on his podcast. In Charleston, you did that. As In I Charleston. Yes. And, uh, I lost my internet and <laughs> Bill drove me around in his, convertible while I held my computer up trying to <laughs> stay uploaded <laughs> yeah just trying to get bars um but that that's amazing that is a that is a beautiful book and um my friend um uh Casey Pierce and Tim LeBon 
have a new book coming out, 365 Ways to Be More Stoic. Oh, I and that. I will uh, make sure that you get to speak to them. I'll be in Athens with them. Uh, that, that is, <laughs> again, like small moments of grace you can give yourself. Um, uh, because, you know, my dad always says, if you don't take care of your body, where are you going to live? Right. My right. body carries around the most complex material in the universe, our brains, the yeah. size of a three pound bag of potatoes. And it's made of the same components <laughs> as bologna, fat, <laughs> protein, and water. And uh, Marcus Aurelius says that we have a miracle in our mind and that we should worship our mind. Mm -hmm. And I am so grateful for this gift of curiosity um, uh, and the fact that the more I read about Stoic philosophy, the more I wish to learn more. And mm -hmm. it's a great yes. trade-off. Mm -hmm. Oh, I can't tell you this stuff, the stack of books I have now. Uh, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna share two stories with you before we go into our fun speed speed mm -hmm. round. Uh, so like I said, I read, read your book every Tuesday night. I have two copies. I have my, my copy, my personal copy, and then I have a copy of my bag that I take mm -hmm. to the studio. So one night I forgot, I took the wrong bag. Uh -huh. so I got there and I was like, oh, damn it. And so, you know, I started, I was like, oh, you guys, I'm sorry, but I, I grabbed the wrong bag, so I don't have the book with me. And someone was like, wait, I have it on my phone. Huh. <laughs> so I read from their phone that night. <laughs> Oh, that's like, beautiful. That so Thank you. Yeah. That's so and great. There, there's a phrase in class that has been born uh, from one of the letters that is often used to describe more uh, challenging, potentially unpleasant poses. Mm -hmm. And that is the story of the uh, explorer. They got mm -hmm. in the avalanche. Mm -hmm. carved a knife from his own frozen feces mm -hmm. the phrase that is a real poop knife to the hill ah! <laughs> sometimes it's that is a real shit knife to the hill so that that you you have borne that phrase oh, that is <laughs> such a gift um share that with rodney <laughs> oh the um the unbelievable story um of um, getting stuck in an avalanche and then being wise enough to create, exactly. to, to save your life. The life story, um, I will tell you, um, is unbelievable of this um, great explorer. And he was married to uh, an editor at Vogue. Um, he escaped the Nazis uh he is a the life story is incredible i highly recommend um it's say no to the pig dog i will get you his name so but i love um peter peter freuken yes was the right. arctic explorer and he went on to live an unbelievably colorful life he was, i'm sure he married an indigenous woman his great grandson was the first indigenous uh, member of Canadian Parliament. Wow! And um, he amputated his own foot. Um, had a peg leg. There's this amazing photo which I will send you of Peter Freuken of him posing in Vogue, wearing a polar bear coat. Oh wow! His wife, who was an editor at Vogue, um, and he had to kill the polar bear himself because it was going it was a death match he his wife was jewish he escaped the nazis uh twice and went on american game show tv and won the sixty-four thousand dollar question that is i mean and they don't make life stories like that anymore i know i know but i love yeah we're gonna have to do a pose you may have to create a pose called um the poop knife 
<laughs> right? <laughs> you have to, you, well, you have to make sure that you say frozen because otherwise. Okay, frozen. Okay, yeah. That's I know. Right. Now, Duff, are you ready for this challenge that I have crafted? I am here. All right. This is called What Would the Stoics Do? Mm -hmm. I say, what would the Stoics say? I'm going to throw at you a few life scenarios. Okay. And then you're just, just real off the top of your head. Like one line, two lines. Ready? I, I hate my job. I don't personally, but this is a scenario. I hate my job. How long will you wait to demand the best of yourself? You oh, are good. Marcus Aurelius. You are too good to live a life. You. This is the one life we have. And uh, if you hate your job, uh, then how long will you wait? Demand the best of yourself. Go, you know, it's, there couldn't be a better time to find a new job than right now. Oh, that's good. Uh, I'm broke. I don't have any money. Uh, you're broke and you don't have any money. Um, again, I would say uh, pay attention to what you pay attention to. And the best gift you can give yourself is the gift of a good attitude. I'm not saying positive because that can be yeah. challenging, um, but a <laughs> rational attitude. And um, many times Epictetus speaks, um, he said, um, it's, um, it's not your life is having what you want, not mm. having all these external wants. Right. That our wealth is like, like you're wealthy when you have few wants. So if you're really broke, I think if you looked down and said, okay, like we said before, we have, um, you know, sanitary toilets that flush. We have mm. water that comes out. And so mm. um, being grateful for small things. And again, mm. gratitude is really the gateway to flourishing. Yes. Uh, dating is so hard. Dating is so hard. And Plato said, be kind for everyone is fighting a hard battle. And often um, when, uh, but they would say be a, a, a kindness um, to another is a kindness to yourself. Mm. So um, the Stoics believe that, that we find happiness with doing small acts of service. And so perhaps there is a way when you love yourself that incandescent love can share but i agree i That's mean amazing. i've got to say i've been married for 20 years and i'm dating much less but <laughs> it is hard out there <laughs> all right this one isn't so much okay politics uh, when you watch the news world events politics this i'm asking this personally now at this point uh, what's the how, what do you do? What's your, what do you apply to that when you watch the news? So Marcus Aurelius would say uh, that like someone who is adversarial, someone who's adversarial to your mindset and your beliefs, that someone who's trying to take away your rights Mm -hmm. take away my rights mm -hmm. we should be grateful that we are not like them oh, and wow. that gratitude should spurn us to action and um martin luther king jr said we don't have to take the whole staircase mm. just take the first step in faith and so Again, what we spoke earlier about where in ancient Greek, an idiot was somebody who did not engage with 
with civil society, with our political system. It was, if, if you didn't do that, you were absolutely on the lowest rung. How, where we get the term idiot from. <laughs> so like, let us not be, as the Greeks would say, idiotes, that we all have a responsibility. I think that's one of the beautiful things about stoicism is that um, it teaches us that uh, there's always something we can do. And mm. whether that is writing a letter, calling your senator, taking small actions, not expecting that somebody else will, will do it. We mm. have to do it. We are called upon ourselves. That is the perfect place to end this. Well, thank you, my love. So what? great to see you. I'm looking forward to seeing you in I know. September 22nd at 7 p.m. I will be at your class. Uh, that um, is so exciting. You're going to hold tight, but we, I, again, look for the book. Well, I was about to hold it up, like, and no one's going to see that if I hold it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the book is Wise Up, Karen Duffy. Again, you will, it is a joy. It, it, I, I tell you, I, met, I, I told you this last time, Duff. That you know, there are certain books that you get to where you're like, I, I, I'm not ready for this book to end. So you read like a page and then put mm-hmm. it down. And then it's like a paragraph and you put it down. That's the way I was with this book, and uh, and I'm actually rereading it because I'm reading it every Tuesday night. The movie is called The Greatest Beer Run Ever, and am- my new website, which has lots more stoicism, a lot of my writing. Um, I write for many three different stoic journals and that is all um at wiseupstoic.com and um i want to thank you and thank you for your kindness for sharing it, it i can't the gift you've given me um when i see the radiance of stoicism it is blossoming within you and um and that you're sharing this with your class. It, it, you've given me such a gift. So oh, thank, you thank you for this today. Thank you. And All definitely right. hold tight for just a moment. And friends, I will see and talk to you later. In the meantime, be kind to yourself. Be kind to others when you can. And it turns out that's most of the time. And just try to pick some random person and then I will send them. Oh, yes, we are going to do it. I'll tell you all about that in the intro, but there's some free stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Until next time. Yay! Jay Stephen Willard here. If you want to practice with me, there are lots of options available to you. Maybe not lots, but there are a few. There's a YouTube channel. There once was a yogi. I have many practices up on that. Some are short, 10-15 minutes. Some are an hour. Some are vinyasa yoga. Some are yin yoga. Some are meditation. Perfect to fit into your schedule. If you want to take a live class with me, if you don't live in the Charleston area, I teach primarily at Holy Cow Yoga Center, Charleston's longest running yoga studio. It might even be the longest running studio in the country. But holycowyoga.com, you can take any of my classes via Zoom. Or if you want to work with me one-on-one with yoga or meditation, shoot me an email, there once was a yogi, at gmail, or DM me at, you guessed it, there once was a yogi. Look forward to seeing you on your mat.